Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. Welcome in to College Soccer Nation. Happy New Year. My name is Matt Mott, one of the co-hosts of the show. This is our first episode in, uh, in 2021. Excited to be back back on with our uh, other co-host, Chris Petroselli from SMU. Chris, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing well, Matt. Happy New Year to you, your family. Did you have a nice little uh, New Year celebration? We certainly did. We were down on the beach. Um, we took about a week off down there and had a great time. Wonderful weather. Got to play some golf great. and uh, just hang out and, and relax. So and, and had a fun. Yeah, you're, you got. You're a fireworks guy. I know you're. A you know, I I am a big fireworks guy, but you know it's raining. Uh, uh, only time it rained the whole time we were there was uh, was New Year's Eve uh, night. So no fireworks, but there were some before and some after. Not for me, uh, but nice. people down there it was good. No, we had a good time. What about you guys? Yeah, well, we had a great time through Christmas and then. Uh, Came back to Dallas and started my uh, self quarantine for the beginning uh-huh. of the season. So um, New Year's Eve wasn't that exciting, <laughs> but it never really is for me. I mean, I yeah. honestly like I don't yeah. barely make it to twelve o'clock. I you know I'm I'm in bed before that. Yeah, me too. I'm not gonna lie to you. Laying, laying in bed, and Jen, I'm asleep. Jen goes, "Happy New Year." I'm like, "What? What? Like woke me up?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't really hit the twelve o'clock hour anymore. Anyway, uh, I think we got a great show tonight. I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, Mike Watt is our um, Mike Watts is our our guest. He was a uh, ESPN announcer who does a ton of um, uh, SEC network games, and and he's always doing the top game. But he, he's kind of become a buddy of mine a little bit through the through the years, and we have a good time. Um, but he does a great job, so we're looking forward to chatting with him. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll be he'll be good. I mean, he's a pro, right? So yeah, it, he'll be really good. Um, I thought we should, uh, you know, as we start with the first show of the year, maybe a little review of uh, of last year, just a quick little review. And um, the way that we ended mm-hmm. with the Power Five where our wives absolutely <laughs> torched us. <laughs> Which, yeah. You know, I thought I, the Power Fives have been great, but that one was uh, legendary, right? <laughs> legendary, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and we've gotten tons of response, tons and tons of response. Yeah, uh, from but that, we, look, that we've show. had we've had some great guests, haven't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it, absolutely, they've been good. And and it'd be hard for me to pick um, a favorite because they've all been really good in different ways. You know, they've all kind of given us different insights and. Um, you know, different things to think about and, mm-hmm. and, and different information. So, you know, I'd, uh, I'd like to say, well, which one's your favorite, but you know, I, I, I kind of hate to leave every, anybody out because they yeah. haven't been so good. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, you know, we had two from the sec so far in, in Karen Hoppe and Alan Kirk up, and we had a couple from the, the big 12 and, and uh, Nikki Izzo and Mark Francis. And then of course, some of our ACC crew and, Kadani out from, from Southern Cal. And I mean, we've had some great ones, really great coaches that I agree with you. Total, totally interesting insight. I think some of them were really, um, you know, soccer wise, really interesting how they do things. Obviously, um, you know, with, with Robbie Church, Mark Kikorian, some guys that have really been around for a long time, done such a great job. And 
I've been really happy with him. You know, having Roddy from the NWSL was really, really good. And, and, and obviously Kevin is, I mean, just like you said, list goes on and on. I thought they were all really good. And, you know, our, our um, you know, our, our uh, person that signs these people up that the lines them up do, is doing a heck of a job. The booker. I mean, our yeah, the booker. booker, booker. I know there's a word for it. The booker. And let's be honest. Let's be honest with everybody how this works. Like <laughs> you and I get on the phone and we go, who are we going to have this week? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there's some truth to that. Yep. And then but, someone's, you know, name pops in your head and you and you go, okay, good, let's do it. <laughs> it's pretty much how it goes, right? Uh, yeah, there's some truth to that. There's absolutely some. I think you can draw some lines to all of our guests back to us. Yes. Right? Uh, you sure. know, Josie Nicholson. Sure. I mean, we, we've had sure. some yeah. had some people. But, uh, no, it's good. What about the downloads? How do you feel about our downloads? It's amazing. I mean, I, I just – I never – I never thought anybody would listen to us. Like, you know, I don't know. We're, we're, we're pushing, I don't know, 3,400 or somewhere in that range. And, you know, there's a, there's a loyal following, which uh, mm-hmm. is, is really interesting to me. Um, you know, cause I don't know how interesting we are, but maybe that our guests are, are that good. Um, but yeah, there's a group that, you know, that is downloading it every week. You know, what was interesting was, you know, this last week when we didn't have a show, uh, people were catching up. So mm-hmm. you could see the the number of people that were downloading, you know, um, every day. There there were a number of people who were who, who were downloading like old episodes and and things like that to catch up. So maybe it was a good idea to have that little break to allow allow people to catch up. And and again, the you know the number of different countries. Uh, I don't. It's like sixteen or seventeen countries that we're in and covered most of the United States. I mean, it, it's, uh, um, it's impressive if I do say so myself, I, <laughs> I'm impressed by it. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, and, and it's interesting because I mean, each week we've had Brian on and, and people continue to download. I'm surprised <laughs> by that, but uh, we got to have somebody listen, Chris, uh, new year's right. New year yeah. resolution are, our, 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 um, Everybody this time of year gets really excited. Well, this time more than any, almost probably ever with the, with the change of the calendar and out of 2020 and uh, all the new things, but everybody has new year's resolutions. Right. And I was telling you and Brian off air that I had my new year's resolutions and you didn't think I'd make it to lunch today. Um, or on January on the 1st. 1st. <laughs> yes. Yes. I said, typically your resolution <laughs> dies at lunch on the 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, so far I'm going to, but our power five kind of, is in line with that this, yeah. this week we are, we said people are, you know, putting out the new resolutions. So many new year's resolutions are, they want to get healthy or fitter or eat better or all those things. So our power five this week is top five vegetables. What we deem as our top five vegetables. So it should be uh, entertaining. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're probably, there's a lot of them. So I'm not sure they're very similar, but I got a couple of questions for you before we, we move on with Brian. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what do you think is the proper time? And and our uh, our our producer can chime into this if he wants. What is the proper time to bring down Christmas decorations? How long do you get with Christmas decorations? Christmas decorations. I think you get until the weekend after New Year's. Whenever so this that coming you know. weekend, this coming weekend, you uh, say, yeah. Be down. I, well, New Year's was on what on on uh, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Friday. Ooh, that would have been a tough one. I, I, I see. I think they should have come down that weekend, last week. So, so the second, 
Yeah, like, but but again, it's it depends on the calendar. It's the weekend after New Year's. The Christmas stuff has to. Come well, what out. if what if Christmas or what if New Year's is on on the weekend? Then it's the, the weekend week? after. It's the following. If it's, on, if it's on Friday, you got to have them down by Sunday. Got to have them get them down by Sunday. Yeah, Darren, what do you think? Do I have to take anything down? If I have to take anything down, then as quick as possible. If I doesn't matter, if I don't have to touch anything, I don't care. Whenever we still got a Christmas tree up in our front thing, but it's going to be a year long tree. Going to put like for Valentine's Day, there'll be hearts oh. on it, and then for Easter, there'll be bunnies on it. I guess I don't know. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Well, um, mine isn't down yet, but it's funny because you know when I grew up with my mom, it was down Christmas night. Wow. Like she had it down, you know, well, the day after. The day after, really. Yeah, but sometimes Christmas night, when, whenever. Meal was over. It was stuff was coming down. So anyway, I uh, mine's still up. All up and all. Because baby's not available to take it down. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, Um, but yeah, no. So I still got. I got quite a work to do actually. But I was playing on this weekend. All right. There's a lot of good football. There's a lot of good football on this weekend, which leads me right into my next question. Yeah. We think about that uh, NFC uh, race. You, you and Darren, obviously, most people know I'm a big Washington football team fan, and Chris is a Giants fan. Darren's a Cowboys fan. So we all had really. Vested interest up until about three o'clock yesterday. Then Chris and I had interest into late last night. And, um, you know, I'm sure everybody knows Washington football team is moving on as the NFC East champs. So I just would prefer congratulations from both of you. Um, congratulations, Matt. And as I, as I said you. to you, um, first of all, I wanted the Giants to, to win. But if they didn't win, um, as long as the Cowboys don't win. Yeah, amen. I'm yep. fine with it. Yep. And I was happy for you and, and especially for, for your boys who have not experienced your team winning even a few games. No, I actually shouldn't say that. Your team typically has the same record every year. Yeah. And it is, has the same record this year, too. It's just that everybody else stinks, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think when RG3 won, I'm not sure we weren't 7-9 and that year, too. Uh, no, nine and 7-6. 9-7. 9-7, yeah. Haven't had right a double-digit win season in 18 years. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. for a third-place schedule next year for the Cowboys when they're all healthy. Yeah, so they play yeah. in worse teams, and they pick before the Giants. So there you go. And they'll still mm. finish third again. Ooh. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, hold on. Are we taking bets on that one? <laughs> and, hey, look, uh, the, Redskins, the Redskins won because Doug Peterson didn't want to win the game and said, hey, yeah, Nate Sudfeld, go on in. Yeah, you can do better. Nice. Come Best on. quarterback I've seen in a long time. Love it. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's uh, let's move this uh, this yes. train on here. So uh, it's that time, right, to bring in uh, bring in the big deal uh, for his his uh, too many minutes with the big deal. Uh, Brian, you out there with us? How are you tonight? Doing fantastic. How are you, boys? Great. Happy New Year, Brian. Any uh, New Year's resolutions you want to share with us? I meant to go over that with you, Chris. Do you have any New Year's? Resolutions? I don't. I, I never have a New Year's resolution. I'm not a resolution guy. I, I have some that I'll share after Brian's, of course. Uh, no, I, I'm not a resolution guy, Matt. What, what I try does and, that mean? What does that mean? Not a resolution guy. We, we what, what don't have resolutions. We don't have resolutions. I'm pretty. You don't want, I'm happy. You want to better yourself? I'm very happy with my day to day life right now. <laughs> pretty satisfied with how things go. What I do. You know what I'm? You know what one of mine is? Huh. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and read more. Read books instead of being on my phone all the dang time. I'm going to try and read read more books. Now, That's are you crayons when you when you read these books? <laughs> <laughs> Got a book on my nightstand right now that I'm reading. It's very good. A little leadership book. Uh, where, uh, where's Waldo is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you cut him off. We gave him a leash, Chris. Now you, he's jumping you, in. 
you set yourself up for that one, Matt. But what's the difference between, you know, December 28th, you got to decide that I want to read more books next year. How come on like February 2nd? You can't just say, you know what? But, but Brian, I, I think it's it's a it's a reborn. You're reborn. It's a new year. It's a new everything's new. 2021, new things. I think resolutions are good. I think people should have them. I'm almost 50. I'm in my wheelhouse. I'm in my prime. I've got things rolling. <laughs> you can still get better, Brian. You can still get better. Still I know. Better. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak the things I already do. Oh, just, Brian, I, sure. I got something I gotta ask you about. Um, What's that? You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had you on, and you gave us this uh, in-depth analysis about how great Liverpool was. Oh, yes, he did. did, Yes, he did. And you did say, well, you got to point to Klopp. I mean, Klopp is, you know, just the greatest ever, and it's the reason. And for the next 10 years, Liverpool's going to dominate the Premier League. And then for the next two weeks, if I have this right, they've gone a draw with West Brom, a draw – with who was the last one? Uh, I one. don't remember two games ago. Newcastle. 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 Yeah. Yes. Oh, and bad. now a loss to Southampton. And in those three Ooh. games, they score one goal. Wow. So I want to ask you, um, is, is it, I mean, you said it was all about Klopp, so it must you be all about that. Klopp. That was said two weeks ago. He did, We can bring it back <laughs> up if we need to, Brian. But it was but said. It, you banged on for a while about it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you w- where this all kind of comes from. So Liverpool has the best record at, at home in the Premier League. When they're playing at Anfield, they're maybe unbeaten. And when they're on the road, they have two wins in, I think it's nine. Wow. wow. Have you seen Have you seen the Aquaman outfits these guys are on? Yeah, in, what is with that? Yeah. Yes. So, Klopp does not – there's no way Klopp is designing the uniforms. And who can I think win he is. wearing that aqua color? No, no, that is so Klopp. <laughs> that is so, like, Euro Klopp. Right? <laughs> Hold on. Mr. No Resolution, Mr. Grace Ever, you're going with the uniforms? Are have the seen them? They went, I have seen them. <laughs> I mean, you, you play like you look. Who can win <laughs> oh. in those things? <laughs> Well, Liverpool it, can't, obviously. If you if you struggle. play like you if you play like you look, my team would have never won a game with the way I look. <laughs> Let me Damn, keep not it real. you. You guys look very oh. sharp. The baby blues oh, yeah. that looks good. Oh, that's nice. It's nice. All right, yeah. that's good. The yeah. uniforms. That's the reason. The uniforms. So yeah, we've got yeah, uh, good night. <laughs> we've got uh, COVID still around, unfortunately, and uh, it seems like every week we're. We're talking about COVID and how it's disrupting college athletics and athletics all, overall. And, and I look at it and, and there's, you know, from sort of two, two things or two points of view, maybe, you know, on, on the negative side, man, we, you know, we have a lot of games being impacted right now um, and teams dropping out, right? I mean, Duke, the women's basketball team dropped out at SMU, our women's basketball team opted out. Um, and, and again, a lot of games, we're losing a lot of games. Um, but then on the other, uh, on the other side, college football's ready to play their national championship. They made it through the NFL went, didn't cancel a game. Yeah. You know, they, they made it all the way through. So while, well, you know, it depends on, on, you know, glass half empty or, or glass half full, it's still here, but it does appear to me that, you know, we're playing around it, I guess is, is the best way to put it. Would you think? 
It, it sure is, it, uh, appears so. And even the EPL started having some hiccups in the last week or two. Um, you, you know, the, the basketball was always going to be such a big test because there's so much body contact in those games. So you got to be super careful on the front end and how you can practice without some contact tracing in basketball. If someone tests positive to me seems, seems really tough. Um, but I think across the board, we're playing around it. The NCAA just announced that the whole basketball tournament is going to be in Indiana. Um, let me ask you, let me stop you there for a minute, Brian. How, how does that help you guys think? What, what, what is, what is there? How, how is playing in all of it in Indianapolis helping? Like, I, I don't understand the, the bubble. It's the bubble. But, but they're not going to put them all in the same. They're like, it's all around Indiana, the state, right? Yeah. That's, what, that's how I read it. So how, how is that a bubble? Yeah, because I guess once they get there, they're staying there, right? I mean, and and that now the travel is, you know, if you're traveling from, you know, Indianapolis to Bloomington, it's, you know, I don't know, 30 or 45 minutes or something. It's not, it's mm. not far. Right. Or, you know, if you're going up to Purdue to play, it's maybe an hour or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're all, oh, pretty, that makes sense. I guess you're the yeah. travel. Yeah. So they're staying, they're staying. Once you get there for the tournament, you're staying until you're done. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think those are in like 16 team pots. So your entire region's going to, you know, Purdue, if that's where one of the sites right. is. So the, that, the bubble the effect talk. will be significant. That's the talk of, of what we're doing with the soccer tournament is we're putting them in pods as far as, again, and we're not there yet, but that's, I think that's what we're trying to do is put them in, you know, put them in eight team because we have 48, right? So six, six pods of eight or whatever, right. um, or six, eight pods of six, or I, I don't know. I think we're still <laughs> working it out. <laughs> that math is difficult to do. Uh, well, believe it or well, not, you got it right. <laughs> and yeah. most instances with the bubble, have worked right they have right yeah they you have. know so uh i i hope our ncaa women's soccer tournament ends up in some form of a bubble right uh yeah. you know i think the chances that it comes off would would greatly go up but it is well, interesting you know the numbers around the country are are up we all see that in regular society and we're not slowing down college mm-hmm. athletics right now no. I think with the basketball, the one different big difference to me between, you know, like I said, the SEC college, they get yeah, every game but one, I think. And like Chris is saying, they got to the playoff and, and all of that kind of stuff. But in basketball, you know, you have one person test positive. You only have a team of 12 for the men, 15 for the women. That's yeah. going to, you knock out three or four, and now you're really in 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 trouble, right? Which yeah, that is, contact tracing different. is going to hit yeah. too, isn't it? Well, look at, look at the, but look at the Saints. The Saints had their whole running back group out. Right, you couldn't do that. You couldn't have all your big guys in basketball out and still play. No. So anyway, yeah, anyway. I, you know uh, the Saints deal was, you know, they they have those meetings, those positions meet, those position meetings, you know, and um, they put them in, they put them in the same room, and and I think you had a situation there maybe where some guys weren't wearing masks, and next mm. thing you know, yeah, you know, again your whole running back group. I think the week before. You know Baker and, and the Browns said, you know the whole the whole uh, receiver core was receivers, yeah, yeah, so crazy. Well, and I do like that. You know the NFL took a little turn there, where if you don't follow protocol, they don't move the game. It appears, 
So if you got guys not wearing masks and that's why your entire position group's out, you're still playing Sunday at one. You don't get to do the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to push you to Wednesday and push the next game to Monday. Right. So, you know, certainly I think that protocol helps keep the games moving. I mean, they've played games that teams are basically – that Denver game where they didn't have a quarterback, they mm-hmm. forfeited that game. Yeah. Um, you know, but they still had to play it, which is an idea that I like, you know, to keep things moving. Everybody says, you know, that we're going to be okay if we play without certain players or whatever, but nobody really means that, especially once they've lost a couple games. And then, no. you know no. – I mean, I you know again looking at the Saints. I mean, obviously they won this weekend, but let's play, play that playoff game without without Alvin Kamara. That's a that's a big blow. I mean, the guy's the best running back in the league. So, yeah, yeah. There's a guy the Titans is pretty good. He's pretty good too. He's pretty yeah. good. Too. Like I just have a little a little bias towards the Saints. That's yeah, it. yeah, I understand. Those those brand. Okay, we got. Uh, right around the corner spring matches are starting right and you know we're a month away um we're starting to hear some trickling out of some schedules you know and and who people are going to play and things like that brian what was the uh your thought process with your team um in in scheduling your spring season well number one is where can we get games and travel in the covid time so we don't, not necessarily for budget reasons, even although everybody's budget's taking a hit with this, but really for operations reasons, all our non-conference games have to be day of. You know, we're not going to go in a hotel for, you know, what really amounts to no reason. So you kind of start from that prism, got to find teams that can also play um, non-conference games because there's still a few leagues that are limited and when we're going about the scheduling process some of the leagues who played in the fall didn't even know what their plan would be in the spring uh, so I would call Rice Soccer's plan take what you could get <laughs> and try and get as many games as, as as you can you know feasibly get in and what'd you come you up play, with? yeah how many? I think we are at 14 games, six conference games, eight non-conference games, but we're playing um, Texas Southern twice, who's in town. We're playing an extra non-conference game against UTSA, which is a short drive there back. So we'll play them twice. Um, You know, we're playing Houston and Houston Baptist and, you know, McNeese State, all really localized games. Yeah, yeah. You forgot somebody else you were playing, Brian. Oh yeah, we yeah. got a we got a little with a little. Uh, <laughs> we need a name for it. I feel like when you got the two private schools in Texas, we need some kind of uh, oh, name for this, this year. Oh, I, I like this idea. I like this idea. <laughs> All right, you know, it can be. We we should we could do a poll at some point. Yeah, what right. should we Lone call the SMU Rice yeah. yearly uh, Lone Star Shootout? Something like that. Oh. You can't say shootout anymore. It's not politically correct. Oh, my bad. Oh, uh, yeah. The Lone Star the, kick around. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's what it might look like. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. I try and – Oh, you need uh, a trophy. You know, Get a trophy. 
We do Share need a back trophy. and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm all about trophies. I could. I tried to. I tried to get all the locals. Let's do a non-conference league. You know, the Houston City City League. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we'll play for two leagues, and <laughs> simultaneously trying to win two trophies. And trophies are good. Everybody loves. Yeah. Everybody that loves. That didn't come off. The Houston League. Now, legit, logistically, we couldn't get it figured out. Um, I think Sam Houston in town ended up no non-cons, you know, and that happened. Uh, yeah, I think Lamar as well really got limited on the non-conference in some of the locals. You know, some schools had schedules planned and had to pull back once their athletic departments changed their mind, really, as wow. much as anything as the season approached. What about you, Chris? What was your philosophy? What you got? Yeah, I, th- I think it's exactly like take what take what you can get, right? And, and so um, – you know, we have we have North Texas a couple of times, or they're close and and easy. And obviously, we have the, have the game where we're coming to you. That's all that we have outside of the conference. You, you know, we wanted to play TCU, um, but they didn't really know what they were doing until later. And then by the time they knew what they were doing, we had already you know filled filled in uh, dates. And the other you know the other thing we're doing is we're playing one game a week in in the league, and you know on on Sunday and. I really didn't want to mess with that. I didn't want to play a midweek game um, during the league when, you know, for us, it's going to come down to how do we do in the league? So uh, I didn't want to sort of jeopardize the games on the weekend by playing a midweek game uh, and having my team sort of less rested uh, against, against our opponents. So um, I went, I went, we had the first week open and I filled that. And then we have a bye week I feel bad. And, and other than that, we said, we'll just, you know, we'll play the conference games and, and go from there. Um, I'd, I'd like to have a schedule that had, you know, more games, um, but we really didn't have that many options. Like we don't, we don't have as many of uh, as many schools in the, you know, like in the Metroplex, like you have in, in, in the Houston area where we can play, there are a couple of options, but again, like, you know, like, Baylor and Oklahoma and things like that, which, you know, we could sort of do in a day, but, you know, the big 12 decided so late that it, it just ended up too late for us, you know, to schedule any of those guys. I, our producers got it. College soccer nation cup. It's the oh. game. We'll sponsor. Hey, Chris, we'll sponsor it. I'll, put a, I'll get a nice banner. I'll put a nice banner out there. Come up with a nice trophy. College soccer nation cup. I love it. Live coverage. Yeah. Well, We'll, we'll, we'll tweet during it. Well, oh, we, we could have had, we could have had that. We were working on putting a tournament together, but you pulled out of it. So no, no, incredible. So, you no, know, you talked Ole about this was way too big time to play in a tournament with rice and SMU. <laughs> that so. Couldn't be farther from the truth. I tried and Chris won't return to Mississippi. It's, it's a whole, that's a whole show. <laughs> anyway, what else we got? Is that it for uh coach? That's Lee? all I got for Brian. Brian, one well, more quick question for me real quick. Uh, how do you feel about your Bucks coming into Washington on uh, on Sunday, Saturday, okay. Saturday night? Well, let me say this: regardless of which of the three giants of the NFC East they would have ended up with, we really needed to beat the Falcons on Sunday to make sure we didn't drop to sixth. We we wanted to be in the five spots to get that opportunity. Let me, although, let me just... although the record of losing teams or five hundred teams playing at home in the in the NFL playoffs is very good. Let me ask you this. So. Who is your third string quarterback? Because we might do pretty well against him. <laughs> Don't do so well against the first or second string. But the, if you could trot out the third string when the game's really close, 
late in the end. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Yes, yeah, we'd appreciate hopefully. that. Well, we're going to count on Tom Brady. Yeah. One other yeah. thing to touch on, though, is the NWSL draft uh-huh. coming up. Just to make sure all the college coaches and maybe a few players even who might listen that the deadline to register is Monday the 11th. The draft is on the 13th. To be clear on that waiver, you can get drafted. You can enter the draft. You can get drafted and still play in the spring and just report to your NWSL team after. And you can also get drafted and pull out of the draft um, by January 22nd. Oh. So, you know, there is that little piece um, involved. So, so if you just pull everyone out of the draft, if you sold on, just to be clear, so if you pull out of the draft, then you can go back in next fall, that extra year, or no? Yes, I think you can get the extra year. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, you know, but it, one of the things is we're having a tough time educating the players sure. and the coaches on it because it is unbelievably confusing. It is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really is. Yeah. But it should be uh, interesting. I, I, I enjoy watching the draft and seeing, you know, who goes where and, and what yeah. the team strategy and you know what are they trying to do i i always enjoy watching uh really like chicago and and because rory always has a a plan for the draft that mm-hmm. usually is pretty good um so uh, i enjoy watching the draft for sure good all right brian as Thanks, always boys. appreciate it um you're looking forward to listening to our, new, our guest listening oh, can't can't wait can't wait. This should be what it's a, you know, a little different than our norm. So should be uh, a nice little interesting piece. Hopefully Absolutely. there'll be some good one-liners about coach Mott on the sideline <laughs> pregame interviews. That's what I'm really looking for. Do you spill the goods before you yeah. play? <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Brian. Have a good one. Thanks, Brian. All right, Chris, uh, really uh, excited to bring in our, our next guest is, is become a kind of a buddy of mine through, the last number of years of, um, of, you know, being in SEC soccer and being on really the SEC network. And uh, we thought it'd be neat to kind of go a different direction and, and look into, um, you know, some of the guys that call the games. And I think, you know, I may be a little biased, but I think Mike's about as good as there is. So welcome to the show. Welcome to college soccer nation, Mike Watt, uh, the play by play announcer for a lot of different people, but does the SEC network. That's how I know him. And, and he has quite a resume, but Mike, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Matt. It's it's funny. You're you're patting yourself on the back. You know, we were on SEC Network a lot. So, you know, I know Mike, Chris is over here like enough of this guy. Come on. <laughs> I am tired of the SEC. I, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> no doubt. So listen, Mike, what we like to do always to start is, is kind of run us through your career, kind of how you got to this point where you are, um, you know, in, in, in the broadcasting area and, and kind of how you got your start and, and all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so came up through uh, St. Ignatius High School in, in Cleveland, and I started doing this there in part because I was a, a horrific football player. Uh, but also, you know, not only did I start calling the football games for, for our student broadcast, but, you know, we had a national championship soccer team there. So I really didn't know the game at all. And Mike McLaughlin, who uh, we, we still get in touch regularly, I was, I was calling the CONCACAF final couple weeks ago and, and he's going gosh you were in our press box what a decade ago and, and here you are now so yeah uh started there went to Fordham um that was really the only sport that didn't have 
someone who wanted to cover it. And we had Ryan Mara, who's still with New York Red Bulls and was a first round draft pick. He was, you know, going to be an upperclassman. And so it was around Jim McEldry and Gavin Wise and, and the guys who now run the Rutgers men's program. Um, you know, did that there and, and met uh, a producer, Mike Cohen, uh, who was involved with USL championships plan to sort of revamp their broadcast. So graduated at Fordham, jumped straight into, you know, pro games, did a championship, my first game out of college, uh, worked with Yes when NYCFC launched and, and have worked with them on and off. And it's one of those one thing leads to another kind of deal. It, it's much like sort of the path of a coach. There's a lot of different ways to get where you want to go. Um, but mine's largely stayed on track throughout. I've been pretty lucky for that. So uh, got in with ESPN in 2016. First game for them was the U.S. women against France in Nashville. Uh, started doing college that fall. Um, and, and have stuck around with them for the past few years. And that's led to the college football for them and the Bengals uh, preseason TV and you know, working with the Knicks in, in, in Madison Square Garden. And it, it's it's been a fairly luck-induced uh, ride over the last half decade. It's, uh, you know, as, as going through your, your resume, and it's quite impressive. Um, and you certainly aren't as old as I am. Uh, you know, <laughs> 28 today, guy. guys. <laughs> oh, wow. Today's Happy the birthday. Uh-huh. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> now, for a young guy, I, I think it's it's fantastic. Uh, what you've done. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your time at Fordham. Um, Fordham um, is, is a, a great university. And I think, you know, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I, I know Fordham. I know what it's all about. I don't know that it has a national, you know, a national, as much of a national brand as maybe it should. Um, so I was looking, looking through some stuff today and, and saw, you know, a list of people who went to Fordham. And it is, it is impressive, right? First of all, Trump for only two years, right? Right. <laughs> uh, Denzel Washington, Alan Alda, Vince Lombardi, wow. Vince Scully. Um, I'm a Yankee fan, so I love this. Michael Kay, Jack Curry, Ryan Rocco, Andrew Cuomo, David Copperfield, Wellington Mara, I'm a Giants fan. Uh, and Mike Watt, of course, of course, yeah. and Mike, all right. <laughs> But uh, it is known as a place that has produced, especially on the broadcast side of it, you know, numerous people that are that are in the industry. So tell me about your time there and, and sort of how that shaped and, and helped you get to where you are now. Sure. And I think a lot of people would say Syracuse is, is broadcaster you. But I think in New York City, you, you'd say that's kind of a, a shared moniker. You know, Bob Papa is the voice of the New York Giants, too. So. Uh, Chris Carino does the Nets. Uh, Spiro Ditas does an NFL game every week for CBS. And when you go to WFUV, which is their NPR-affiliated campus radio station, you, you, you pick up the, the trade a little bit, for sure. And you've got that gravitas of it being an NPR affiliate, uh, being credentialed to MLS matches, Major League Baseball games as a sophomore in college. Uh, was huge for me getting used to being in a locker room asking questions to players and coaches some of which are, are comfortable and, and many of which oftentimes are not uh, and how to do that the right way 
Um, so I think a lot of that's carried, but also, you know, Marty Glickman was the, the OG of, of basketball announcers, especially, but really whatever it was. And he ran sort of that sports department as a mentor to a lot of guys long before I got there. And then his right hand, Bob Aaron's is still one of my best friends and, and a tremendous mentor. And, and I look to him all the time, um, you know, to, to help me refine my craft or, or just kind of talk me through what I'm doing or, or what options I have ahead or, or even, you know, confidence isn't that high all the time. So, you know, what, you know, someone who can sort of shake me back up a little bit and, and get me going. So, uh, you know, whether it's talking to alums or it's, it's the people you meet there or the experiences you had, uh, it, it left an indelible mark. Uh, on me as a, as an announcer. And, you know, I went to a Jesuit grade school, high school, college, that meant a lot to me too. So I, I thought that made a, a mark on me. But, but what a great uh, place to, to start, you know, in, in the profession, just again, looking at the, the names that are out there doing things and, um, and then the opportunities that you get being in New York, right? I mean, how many people get, you know, the opportunity in college to step into, you know, Madison Square Garden, um, or to step into Yankee Stadium and and into into the locker room and and things like that. I mean, it's just a, you know, a wonderful. Sounds like a wonderful place uh, for someone who's who's in your industry. Yeah, and and to get paid for it as a. <laughs> Not a lot, though. Not, not a lot when you started out. Though. Not not a ton, no. But uh, you know, it was work study. But I mean, as far as work study goes, there are people driving vans, and there were people working in the cafeteria. And yeah. I went to Nick games, and I went to Yankee games, and Red Bulls games, and so <laughs> as far as roughing it went, uh, wasn't too bad. <laughs> so, all right, here's a question for you, Mike. A little little off, not off the topic, but same same idea, but a little a little more. Uh, Fun. Who is the best um, athlete? Or, no, sorry, who who is your most enjoyable athlete you've interviewed that everyone would know? So maybe you know, baseball player, soccer player, football player. Who would be your your most enjoyable interview of a, an athlete that everybody would know the name? Yeah, I only coach, know Matt Mott as a coach. coach. Yeah, I was yeah, 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 so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I thought one of the interesting ones when I first, I was still in school at the time and it, it's uh, in the locker room. So it's not one-on-one -on -one at, at that point in time, but, you know, being around Thierry Henry uh, when he was with Red Bull and he'd get a question in either French or Spanish or English, then he'd turn and he'd translate the question to the other two groups of media. And we were all sort of, you know, in one language in, a, in an area. And then he'd answer the question in all three languages. And that's awe-inspiring to see one of the greatest players of his generation uh, be able to have that, that, that savvy, that talent, because uh, language certainly is, is not something I'm phenomenal at. Uh, so I, I can barely handle English. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that one, I think, stands out. Um, you know, there's certain coaches and, and players that you meet over time where um, whether they kind of understand what you're trying to do and, and help you um, better tell their story or, or just, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, the, the goaltender for, for the New York Rangers, 
you know, I, I interviewed him uh, the night he passed Eddie Giacomin for, for shutouts, which, you know, for, for, you know, the Rangers is a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's having a, a certain class and grace about you. Um, I, I think those guys sort of stand, if not above the rest, you know, right at, at the cream of the crop. What about, um, you know, so you, you do all these different sports now, right? You're involved in all these different sports and you, you know, I, I think play-by-play is really difficult. You know, I, I, I <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, I think the color side of it is easy. Right. But, but the play-by-play guy has to sort of, you know, uh, make the game um, and, and really kind of keep everybody um, engrossed in what's going on, no matter how good or how bad the game is. Um, but how is soccer, is it harder than other sports? Is it easier? Like, how's it differ from, from some of the other sports? See, I think the key word there is how does it differ? And there's too many people who don't um, understand or want to understand the difference uh, between soccer and, and calling up a, a football game or a basketball game. It, it has a different ebb and flow to it that I've really come to enjoy. Uh, it, it's also a challenge. I mean, the ball's in play 80, 90% of the game, and a set piece usually isn't where you're trying to tell a story either. So if you're trying to tell the story of a game and you're sort of walking the, the razor's edge at all times, it is, you know, one ball over the top going to be the, the goal of this game? And are you going to be hugely off topic? Um, it is a nightmare that goes through my head on a regular basis. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's easier or more difficult. I think it's just a, a marginally different skill within the same toolbox. That said, I, I think, you know, I, I get to come in and, and just say Jones, Smith, uh, you know, it's uh, that part's easy for me, whereas you know, you're asking analysts to see oftentimes off monitor um, the tactics of a game on a screen that doesn't encapsulate the whole field. And they have to see this and analyze it live and be able to present it in a way that's interesting to, to Matt and Chris, but also interesting to people at home who maybe don't have the same understanding technically uh, of the game. So you know, that, that's something interesting in soccer, too, is, is we're trying to be more welcoming of a larger audience who maybe don't know the game as well than maybe the NFL, where, you know, the Super Bowl is going to get 120 million people watching it. And they all have a basic understanding of what the, the object of the game is um, and why something does or doesn't work on a, uh, a, a global sort of level within the game. So, I've always found that to be sort of an interesting approach that, that we take that maybe they don't take in other sports. It's great. Really insightful. Hey, Mike, tell us about um, the challenges and the experience of the, the NWSL uh, Challenge Cup, the, the bubble, you know, being in the bubble and calling. I know you called so many of those games and a bunch of them on the same day. And what was that like? Yeah. Obviously remote. Uh, yeah. And the funny thing is, is technically, you know, we had our own kind of pseudo bubble down in Florida because that's where our production team was. So uh, Marissa Pillow was in, in the Utah bubble and then Lori and I uh, were down in Florida and 
Um, you know, the tough thing about the COVID-19 pandemic is, uh, you know, I've got a fiance and she's a teacher. She's home all summer. And my summer was large in part spent doing the challenge cup and you're gone for a month straight because New York won't let you come back for a day or two. Mm. Um, you know, and then I went down for another two months, uh, after the challenge cup ended and I, I got home for a little bit. So just trying to keep, keep sane a little bit. Uh, you've sort of got the ebb and flow of a, of a schedule. It sort of helps you a little bit, but you know, about two weeks into the challenge cup, USL came back and we did, I think eight games on ESPN two in a week and a half stretch while I'm still doing the challenge cup. So now you're doing, you know, what ended up being, you know, 35 games in 30 days in multiple leagues and just trying to keep up on everything going on with not only the nine NWSL teams, but also the, you know, 14 or 15 USL championship sides who all had their own unique story uh, during the during the pandemic and usually didn't have a game um, played since March for, for each of those teams. So what what have they been doing? Mm. So it's just trying to keep a, a schedule um, that, that sort of keeps you on track and dealing with being away from home and uh, trying to put the same effort into into all 35 games and not slacking off. Um, and, and thinking that a game is given to you because you've seen those teams before or whatever it may be. So it, it was, um, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about their World Cup experience at ESPN and what it's like covering something like that. We, we spoke about it often during that time. This is our World Cup. And we're going to treat it that way from a production standpoint. And, and we're going to treat it that way in terms of how we all personally band together and, and sort of get through it and keep providing quality shows to people who really just wanted to watch a game yeah. for the first time in months. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your preparation like for an individual match? Yeah, it, it's different from, uh, level to level and sport to sport. Uh, if I'm doing a college soccer match, uh, usually I'm looking, my worst nightmare is, is, you know, and not that the result is a nightmare, but Matt Mott's Ole Miss is up six, nothing. And they are bringing in every player off the bench. And I want to have something prepared for every player. And I don't just want to say they're from, New York state. I don't, I want something better than that because the player deserves better than that. That's my overarching philosophy in terms of preparation is, is these players, these student athletes, especially in 2020, uh, but, but all the time have put so much effort into being in this moment. And I want to try and capture that and effectively tell their story as best I can. So you know, you're looking at newspaper articles from when they committed to whatever school. Uh, you're looking at uh, features that the SIDs have written. You're talking to SIDs. You're, you're talking with coaches. I mean, that is vital to, to what we do. The time we get with you guys is far more valuable than anything I'm going to find online because no one knows these players better than, than you guys do. Um, 
So you, you kind of go through, you know, making sure you're prepared on that. You want to watch at least a half, if not more, of a previous game, not just, you know, to see what system they're in or, uh, you know, how they played in the last game, but you're also, as a play-by-play person, trying to figure out this person wears a pink headband. And that's an identifiable characteristic when you are 30,000 feet up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those kinds of things are, are really useful for me. Um, and, and then, you know, just sort of going through the, the, the motions of travel. Uh, obviously, a tournament setting is different um, where you're doing so many games in a short time. You go to training. You don't always get that luxury uh, when, when you're in a normal sort of run a show and, and get where you're going and work with your production team. All the graphics you, you guys see are things that we've been brainstorming on all week. And, and I take a lot of pride in trying to tell the story graphically and find interesting photos or videos. Um, you know, we, we had an Ole Miss game last year. I think you had two or three players, Matt, who were the all-time leading scorer at their state in, in high school. Um, you know, we thought that was an interesting graphic. Uh, Alabama had a player who passed Cat Whitehill for most goals in Alabama yeah. history. So we showed that, that and, and surprised Cat with it so that she wouldn't say no. Uh, <laughs> so you're just trying to find unique angles yeah. and tell good stories and, and let that be the mark you leave. Well, so listen, you had a, uh, a six, five game this year at the, at the beach. Uh, <laughs> but what is the, uh, most memorable game you've ever called at any level in any sport? Uh, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that could, that could easily be it. Um, sometimes you think about your firsts, you know, an NFL preseason game doesn't really stand out. I think to people, but the first one I called, you know, there was a game winning touchdown in the last two minutes. And that was such a big deal for me and and my family. And uh, my dad was uh, sick at the time and in the hospital and we were able to get away for him to watch it from, from Cleveland. Uh, That one I think is always going to stand out a little bit. Um, you know, first game I did for, for ESPN was was a national team game where Alex Morgan walked off in stoppage time with a game-winning goal. I'll never forget that. Um, you know, there, there's a handful of college games where you go, gosh, you know, th- th- this this is why I, I, I showed up today. Mm. And, and that's exciting. Um, you know, I, the the – the rivalry Sunday is sort of what we termed it. Was it last year at the beach where we had Ole Miss, Mississippi state and Alabama Auburn yeah, yeah. back to back. Those were wild games. What Gabby little scored in that one. Yeah. Um, is the, the memory that comes to my mind. Cause I blacked out in the moment and had to rewatch it to remember <laughs> what it looked like. Uh, so yeah, it, it's first always sort of carry some weight. Rivalries always carry some weight. Um, it, it's, I've done, you know, 200 plus events each of the last three years. And so some of them just sort of blend together, but others, they're always going to stand out. Yeah. Very cool. I've always wondered, I've always wondered about this. So you're doing the uh, Bengals, right? You're being paid by the Bengals to do the Mm -hmm. game. Is there a, uh, obligation to be a little bit of a Bengals fan or are you trying to be as neutral as possible or how do you handle that? 
I think part of it is knowing your audience and those games primarily go to the Cincinnati, you know, that tri-state area there, Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. They're the ones watching. And frankly, they want to know more about Jesse Bates than, um, you know, than they do about Eli Manning's last year as a giant. Uh, It's just not as relevant to them. And so you do cater knowing your audience, but by the same token, uh, you know, if I were doing a game for CBS, that that has to go to the side. It, it's ultimately, you know, it, it's the audience of the game you're on. And for me, I, I sort of go in telling people I don't believe in being a giant homer one way or the other in anything I do. And I do a lot of local shows as Remy's uh, in the USL championship. And I, I do a lot for Louisville. And to their credit, you know, they've, they've been okay with it. I've said, look, if you guys aren't playing well, I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, walk away from that. It, that's just what it is. And for the first half of this year, they weren't playing very well. And there's people trying to get the coach fired on social media. And so I'm not going off the deep end like that, but by the same token, like here's what's not going right. And here's what other teams are doing well. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with saying the other team's playing really well today. Uh, if anything, I think the fact that you lose to a team that played really well doesn't, doesn't make it sting so bad. So it doesn't hurt as much. I, I, I don't believe in that. I know a lot of announcers do, but I, I really don't believe in, in being a homer one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, uh, how, how's the Knicks gig? How do you like that? The, uh, which is this the Knicks the Knicks the Knicks uh deal you do with the public yeah public yeah it, working at the garden I, I didn't understand the uh I didn't understand the aura around it uh being from Cleveland I remember watching old Ranger games old Nick games in Ohio when my teams were playing them and going it looks a little drab and you know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> and then you're you're in it and they've they've renovated it brilliantly over the last decade um it's it it's incredible i mean when people say it's you know the world's most famous arena when you're in it you get it mm-hmm. uh, and the fans are so passionate uh, and i i back up a legend there in, in mike walzeski um who, who's done this for 30 years uh mm-hmm. so you aren't trying to deviate too much but Man, you, you sit down. You, I, I, I worked a Christmas Day game uh, against the Lakers, and LeBron is five feet away from me, and there yeah. are people who would pay thousands to sit there, and they're paying me. I mean, like, how lucky is that? Yeah. So it, it's 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 awesome. It, yeah. It's that's a dream come true. A special I'm, place, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. My, my question, though, Mike, I'm glad you brought up LeBron. So you know when he takes the powder and puts it in his hands and throw it throws it up right there. Is that where you're sitting? Like, did you get yeah. any on you? <laughs> yeah, courtside. Now the powder is marginally to the left of me, so okay. I'm not getting dusted. <laughs> I can tell you, with no fans in the stands, we we did opening day, uh, the day after Christmas this year uh, against the Sixers, and there's no crowd to play to. So I'm mm. announcing to msg network because they're still showing it to the fans the the lineups but there's no one in the in the stadium (laughs) it's a covid so the players sort of don't know what to do and i've already done the sixers starting lineup and joel Embiid and ben simmons wander over while i'm doing this and they start 
getting in front of me and going, 25, say my name. Come on, say my name. And I'm like three feet away from me. Uh, so, you know, there, there are certain memories there where like you are very much in the player's periphery. Uh, but, you know, thankfully, I, LeBron did not dust me that day, although I would have been honored as a Clevelander to have him throw <laughs> yes, dust over my I head. thought you probably would. Yes. I got one, one last quick yeah. thing for you. Do you believe in the announcer's jinx? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now we gotta, we're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> you know, censoring in this? <laughs> uh, I've been caught by it a few times. So while I don't believe it's a real thing, a few times I've gone, you know, best uh, best penalty taker in the league oh this free throw shooter and uh yeah i've been hit <laughs> uh, when joe buck made light of it uh, a couple months ago a couple weeks ago gosh time is a flat circle now uh yeah i i i took a a, a lot of joy out of <laughs> seeing him uh fight back against the curse because it's not real uh, it's not i don't think it is either but you hear about it all the time, don't you? It does seem to happen a lot. Yeah, it's a little yeah. different now. When I do a college game and there's no fans, and you're announcing, and you're still trying to keep your energy, and you go, "Jones is a ninety percent free throw shooter." He hears you now. <laughs> well, maybe it is real. Uh, you know, the world's a little different now. Outside of the game, so yeah. it's possible. It's possible. Uh, that's great. Well, listen, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you know, Chris and I talked about we knew you'd be great and energetic and fun. And it's it's a look in, inside of something that, you know, we all almost sometimes take it for granted, which I think, um, you know, how important it is. Like listening to the games is funny. And over the weekend, you know, watching the football games and I'm, I'm telling my, my, uh, my son to shut up to stop talking so I can hear what the announcers are saying. My wife's like, you can see the game. It's right there. Like he can talk. <laughs> But I want to hear what the announcers are saying. So, um, so you know, again, I think it's it's a, it's something that's really important to the success of the game. And, and to me, again, I know I'm biased, but to, to me, you're one of the best ones there is. So, we appreciate everything you do for us, for sure. But you know, I, I'll listen to you on the USL games any, anywhere I can, for sure, because you do such a great job. So, thanks for coming on College Soccer Nation. No, it's my pleasure. And and guys, one thing you know that that always strikes me, uh, you know, Chris, I haven't had a chance to call one of your games. Hopefully soon. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, to to all the coaches, I know many listen. Uh, we ultimately want to tell the story of your program and your players, and we we do care about doing that effectively, being positive about it. We we love what we do. Um, any, any way you guys can help us tell that story, you know, the calls we have and, and sort of being open, you know, it, it, having anecdotes. One of my favorite questions is tell me something I don't know about this player. And, you know, those nuggets oftentimes I think are the best in, in the entire broadcast. So appreciate you guys, you know, having me on, uh, but also, you know, sort of, um, helping, you know, expose more people to sort of what this side of the business is and, and what we're trying to do. Thanks, Mike. Okay, Matt. Uh, what are we looking forward to this week? What do you got going on? Yeah, back in the office, um, you know, working, we're still working on it. You guys talked about your schedule a lot. I'm glad you didn't ask me because ours still isn't done. <laughs> we're still working on it feverishly. Uh, pretty close. We, we, it looks like we're going to play eight games, I think, but um 
so trying to finish that up and really trying to finish up, um, you know, when are we going to train? How long are eight hours and 20 hours? As you know, there's some adjustments there needing to be made based on how many days we have left. But, um, you know, just back in the office, getting back to it um, and excited to uh, to really start looking forward to the spring. What about you? Right. Well, we start practice. We start practice oh, that's right. tomorrow. So awesome. Back out on, on the field and uh, back at it. We have to start in uh, – you know, with this whole COVID back to play uh, kind of deal. So we're six feet apart and in small groups and that kind of thing until we get a second round of tests. We've had our first round of tests. We'll get a second round of tests, uh, you know, this coming weekend. And once we get through that second round of tests and we're sort of fully in training, but mm. it's okay. You know, we'll ease back in. We have some time. And, uh, but it, again, it's always great to be to be back out on the field. And I've said this before, I, I enjoy training so much more than, than the matches. Um, so I, I really love being back out on the field, for sure. It's awesome. And the team's back and excited to be back and, and all that stuff. Yeah. You're ready to roll. Good yeah. Sure. yeah. We got about two more weeks. We won't, Our guys won't be back till the 19th. So, you know, you get to that point now, especially with them leaving before Thanksgiving, where you miss them. Right? Yeah. I just miss them being around, seeing them and – they always just lift you up when you're around. So uh, I'll be excited when my group comes back, but I got a couple more weeks before that happens. Yeah. All right. I think it's time for the, uh, the power five, an interesting one this week. I think uh, I'm going with interesting. <laughs> kind of nonsense. <laughs> um, so again, uh, new year's resolution, our first show back after the new year in 2021, people always have resolutions. I think probably the majority one is can they get healthier and fit fitter and, eat better and stop drinking diet Coke. Oh wait, I'm guess I'm just talking about myself, <laughs> but no, people have a lot of these different uh, resolutions. So we thought, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate more vegetables into my diet. Yeah. So I thought, Chris, how about we go with the top five vegetables? So your top five vegetables. I feel very good about mine, to be honest. I, I, uh, I spent some time thinking about this and I think I have five home runs of people that vote will enjoy my top five. Okay. So, now let me just say this about this because yeah, Nobody has a top five vegetables, all right? <laughs> Nobody has like this list, you know, sitting next to them, standing by, right? To yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. So I think that we have to allow some time for explanation. Okay. When you when you name the vegetable. Typically we hit it and then immediately the other guy just hammers them, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we have to allow some time for explanation because you're going to have to explain why you put yes, whatever, it whatever it is we put. Yes. Right, that's fair. Okay. All right, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I think uh, I'll go first. Uh, I'm All, right. Afraid. All right, Chris is number five. Top vegetable is. This is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> carrots. Oh. Um, I, like a, I like a carrot that's kind of glazed, you know. It's got a, a glazed carrot. It's got a little sweet taste. Glazed? Um, what the hell's glazed? What, what is glazed on a carrot? Yeah, like you, you put know, something you on it? Yeah, you put a little sugar glaze on it. Yeah, it's nice. Well, is it the carrot or is it the sugar that you like? Well, of course, it's the sugar. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what glazed what they glaze it with. But you know, it's like a glazed donut. When they glaze a donut, what do they glaze it with? I don't know. Right? Still tastes good. Sugar heaven is what they glaze that with. Well, it's funny sitting with carrots. What anything else on carrots? Is that it for? Carrots? No, that was it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on carrots. That was my number five. Carrots. Oh wow. 
I like, you know, I like to dip mine in ranch or blue cheese. It's a nice side for uh, chicken wings. <laughs> so we both have taken the healthy carrot. Yes. Well, the reason why mine's number five, though, is I don't like cooked carrots. Don't come at me with oh. cooked carrots. I like steamed carrots. Oh. Like in a, in a, a Thai dish, maybe a little carrot, yeah. but don't come at me with cooked carrots. I don't like those. Too smushy. All right. You're number four. We're agree- we agree on carrots. All right, my number four. This is going to be an interesting one because some people are not going to like this one at all. But again, it depends on the dish, right? It depends on how you make it. Mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts. Ah, if you take a nice Brussels sprout and put a little bacon in there, like a little yeah, bacon, yeah, 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 a really nice Brussels sprout. My number four is Brussels sprouts. Is what? This is kind of crazy. No, I've, I've actually got credit to Summer Hill at her wedding, which is only a couple years ago in June. She had Brussels sprouts as one of the side dishes. I was so hungry. They had like taco. It was a great, great dinner. But they had Brussels sprouts, and I tried them. I couldn't believe. I make them almost every time I grill. I do a little bacon, a little a little oil, a little yeah. feta cheese. It's and a little onion. It's fantastic. So anyway, yeah. I'm with you. Brussels sprouts is my number four. Honest to God. All uh-huh. right, number three. Number three. Number three. The sweet potato. Ugh. I like the sweet potato. Sweet potato fries are are outstanding. You take the sweet potato. You put a little. Uh, a little butter on it, a little cinnamon, a little cinnamon sugar. It's, 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 it's nice. I like a nice sweet potato. Well, you know, Chris, <clears throat> I couldn't disagree with you more. Number one, I can't stand sweet potatoes. But number two, when I have started to try and eat better, which is a struggle for me, as, as you know, through the years you've known me, I've gone through a lot of different diets. One of the things I found that I do not need in my life is any form of potato. No, I don't either. French fry. <laughs> Sweet potato, baked potato, like I, it, it's. I don't eat. I just. I've. I've. I've banned myself from potatoes. Yeah, me too. So, honestly, I don't. I don't eat them either. But I'm just telling you, that I think they're pretty good. Oh, voters take notice. He has a vegetable that he doesn't eat. Just put it. <laughs> like, notice that voters. All right, my number three is asparagus. No, see, like no. oh, I like a nice asparagus. No, I mean, no, Chris. No, same thing. A little bacon if you want, but just straight asparagus when you no. cook it right. And you really kind of overcook it, and they're a little crispy. Oh, it's good on the grill. I'm telling you, it's. I make it. I made it last night. It's great. It's okay, I mean, it's okay. You no, eat it because good. you have to eat something green, but you don't eat it because you. I, that's like how it. I started, but now I, I quite like it. I enjoy. I look forward to eating my asparagus. Uh, wait, voters, take note. Take note. He said asparagus. A lot of people don't like asparagus. Okay, <laughs> I like asparagus. All right, you're number two. Okay, this is where I'm going to start to get you here a little bit. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, and you're going to have to think about these things. The onion. I like uh-huh. the onion. The onion uh-huh. you can use so many different ways, you know, in different dishes, things like that. You know, everybody loves the blooming onion. I mean, the onion is <laughs> is uh, is well, outstanding. I, I completely agree. Onion was my number one, actually. Oh. Um, the onion, I, yes, if you – I'll eat onion in any form, raw, sautéed, fried, grilled, any way you do an onion, I'll eat it. I like, I like it on my sandwiches. Okay. I like onions. So that's my number one. So I agree with you, although I, it was my number one. All right. So my number two, again, so then you'll have to give me your number one. My number two yeah. is edamame. Oh, come on. What do you don't oh, oh, With a little salt steamed at a Japanese place where it's you get it. It's fine. Again, like. I guarantee you, Brian okay, Lee we'll likes them. Some. Okay, huh? we'll have some, but you don't ever go to a restaurant and go, I can't wait till I get that edamame, right? Well, what vegetable do you do say that about? Who does? 
I said, who does? That's what I'm saying. You don't say about any vegetable, let alone edamame. But I like edamame as an appetizer. It's very good as an appetizer. Uh, when Josie, Josie asked Josie, when we go for our, our sushi, we always get edamame as an appetizer. It's excellent. It's a little salt. I, I'm, I, it's got to be hot, though. As soon as they start to cool off, I don't care for them as much. But they're good. All right, you're number one. Now you got you got to think about this one a little bit. There we go. Think, like this one, you made me in trouble because I don't know if you can envision it uh, okay. in the right way. Garlic. Imagine if there was no garlic in all of the dishes that you eat garlic in. Garlic is a vegetable. It is a vegetable. It absolutely no. is a vegetable. Oh, yeah, it is a vegetable. It is. Do, yes, it is. It's a vegetable. I know Darren's looking that. it up right now. It is. A <laughs> it is. I didn't know that. I it yeah, is. Huh? Says it is a vegetable. Up. And think about uh, it now. Think about what, if, what oh, life would I, be. I, like. I don't know. My life would be without garlic. I would have a big issue. So, but that's not. I don't think you. You just don't go and eat garlic. Like you. You know what I'm saying? Like you eat edamame. You eat onions. You yeah, garlic, but you, you use like, garlic and everything and. You do eat it. It's in your it's in your food. Hey, but you just don't eat garlic. Just you don't plain eat garlic. a clove of garlic. No, but no. you but you eat the garlic because it's in your food. It adds taste to your food. Uh, we need we it, need the voters to be vote a number on this, one. It that, absolutely, uh, should be the number one. If it's a vegetable, it's a strong number one. I mean, I guess it is. But oh, wait, it's, wait, it's the way you're using it. Is, uh, do you want to admit odd. then to the voters that you just you just said I won? I did not say you won. No, when you, you take your pie, you still have sweet potatoes in there. It's cra- a lot of people don't like that. All right, <laughs> let's go. This, it's an interesting. That's that was a that was a That's zinger. A that was a zinger. That was a zinger. Wasn't ready for that. Okay, and hey, you're doing a lot of work on your. You, you know, you've got a team showing up. Spend a lot of time on the Power Five. More on your team. Anyway, yeah. all right. Um, cliche. All right, man. Give me the cliche. cliche. So. I, I was very honored to be a member of another upstart podcast called Walking and Talking with the K-Boys. I got called today as, oh, a, yeah, yeah. as a guest. Yes, yeah, yeah, I was, I, I was uh, on that as well. I think I was. Were you yeah. on, but you probably were. Yeah, no, I, probably. Yeah. They, well, they got to work out the kinks with you before they bring in the pros. But anyway, <laughs> Walking and Talking with the K-Boys. And I asked one of the members, uh, it was na- we were named Nameless, what is your most hated cliche? And he said, and I agree with him, I like this one. We'll get him the next time. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. And said all the time. But it's really more of a fan cliche than a coach's cliche, right? Yeah, but all the yeah. fans, you know, when you're when when you lose and you know, a player goes up to the parent and they're like, Oh, don't worry, we'll get him the next time. We'll get him the next time. Yeah. Don't come at me, we'll get you the next time. So that's it. That's it. That's it for our first show of uh, 2021. I think it was a, a great one. I thought Mike was awesome. Brian was good as usual. And uh, the Power Five, I feel good about my chances in this one. Uh, I, I do. I, I, I do. My, I don't think you didn't like Edamame. I'm surprised with that. Anyway. All right. Listen, uh, download us on all of your areas you can. Please give us five-star rating. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the followers. Um, thanks to DJM Productions, Darren Mott, CyberGuy, CYBUR. Download his um, and have a listen to the, the, the Cyber Guy. Um, we appreciate him and his production team and uh, for putting us out there for sure. Have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.